This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome to our show, Spidey 16th Minute. That's the intro. Because <laughs> <laughs> we should work on these. You start, you go. No, no, you last, I know your uh, pre-workout hasn't kicked in as much. Yeah, today, go ahead. No, no, you, you're the life of the show. I'm not the life of the it show. It is. I mean, Erwan just said they would do a Heidi smoothie, not a Spidey smoothie. So, okay, hey. welcome to Spidey 16th Minute. I'm Heidi. Montag, <laughs> got her on my shirt. Oh, that's Casey awesome! Yeah, I just wearing, you know, little album action. And today we have one of my dearest friends, one of my oldest friends. We oh. have Doctor Jen Bunny, Doctor Dumpy here. Not that old. I mean, longest. <laughs> Pretty old these friends. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> one of my longest friends. Um, welcome. Thank you welcome so much for having podcast. me. I'm Thanks excited to be here. Driving all the way up. Yeah, oh it's like an hour. No big deal. Us oh. too. Yeah. Easy, easy. Oh yeah, isn't that crazy? Ever. Yeah, it's like a middle. It's the same, still. same amount of time from I, Orange County. Yeah, from, from the Palisades. Yeah, it's so crazy. That's so weird. Um, so you have so much going on, and last time I saw you was actually that Hills podcast. Yes, it's not crazy. Yeah, how was that? Uh, I think the best part was meeting Riker. I know. I got to hold him. <gasps> that was. That's what I was there for. Can you believe that I was like breastfeeding and the girl, the producer was like, you need to hurry and get back in. That was, was that insane. crazy? Have you heard what happened insane. with that Hills podcast? 
No, I have not, but it was a hot mess. Well, not as big a hot mess Jen as, was beh- so mad. as behind the scenes. <laughs> oh, you mean the actual behind I'm, the scenes? My hot mess, I'm referring to the way that they treated Heidi when she was breastfeeding a newborn wow. baby. Literally fresh out of the tummy. Yeah. Wow. Uterus. She was, Jen was so mad. She was like, this is so unbelievably unacceptable. What? And I, I, and she was semi nice that day. I was like, yeah. So that podcast, it has now come out that the company that was doing the Hills podcast, Cast Media, was, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not part of the, the legal cases of all these people, but a big podcaster, Theo Vaughn, if you know, he just did a whole YouTube episode yeah. or whatever about how they have taken $4 million from the podcast people and never pay them. So yeah. Heidi quit the podcast because they never were paying. And she kept telling Adrena and Brody, uh, hey guys, like they're not paying, like they're not going to pay you. And they're like, oh no. And they're arguing with Heidi. So they kept doing it. And they finally, after Heidi quit, uh, they've now quit. So you did quit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was already a push to do it. Like I didn't want to do it originally. I just had a baby. The last thing I wanted to be doing was watching Hills episodes and like going back. And then I thought, okay, maybe it could be a good opportunity to just like move on from this, address a few things and officially be done with it. So, and then they gave me an offer, obviously. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do it for that amount of money, which they all like, yeah. Anyways. So then it was supposed to be great. Do this amount of episodes. We'll pay you at this time. And I already had a weird feeling about it from the beginning. And then during it, I had a weird feeling and I never liked doing it. And I was kind of just like, I don't know. It felt weird. The whole thing felt super weird and kind of going against like what I wanted to do. And so then I said to my manager, like, let's look for that payment and make sure they do it exactly on time because I'm going to bow out and not, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore, even for the money. Like, I I don't like it. You saw how they were treating me with my bringing my newborn breastfeeding. I was like, this is ridiculous. I'll I'll be right in to record. I just have to feed my baby because I'm his only source of nutrition. And they're like, oh. And like slam the door. And I'm like, you don't treat a new mom like that. Sorry, that's not happening. Yeah, and they, it was and unbelievable. they booked you knowing you were a new one. You're like, right. I have to, well, you were very clear, just had a baby. Yeah. And they're like, we, it's fine. Da, da, it's all BS. But they it's said, just, we'll bend over backwards for you. We can stop. Everyone's really accommodating. And the cast was awesome. Like Brody, Adrena, and Frankie were all like, are you kidding me? Take your time. Do whatever. We're fully here oh, for of you. Course. They were all so nice. And the production was so out of line and every time getting worse about it. And I was like, I'm, I'm not letting you affect me. I'm going to take as much time as I need to feed. Anyways. Yeah. So, much so then I, I bowed out. I was going to be done anyways. And then they never, they still haven't paid me a dollar for that. Unreal. Or I don't know if they paid any of them. They any didn't. Of it. So, they did a lot of ads, though. I'm surprised that's, they didn't No, I mean, so that many. guy, somebody so got the, the owner of Cast Media, <laughs> somebody that's else the made conspiracy money. is he, like, set up this, you know, whatever, I forget, with a different type of, where he could put the money, where if you sue him, you can't touch that money. And oh, so, gosh. yeah, I don't think anyone's ever going to see money. I don't think so that's either. But thankfully, yeah, I didn't do that many of it. And it also made yeah. me really thankful that we've been in Hollywood for how many years and never had that. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of 
the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Happen. We've never had like a fraudulent deal. We've never had somebody not I didn't pay. know you could do that in I this day and age. I didn't know you could ever do that. Like we had a contract. Yeah. <laughs> Nuts. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, that's the ultimate putting yourself out there because you're taking all these people who have all of these opinions and emotions and yeah. then you're talking about it again. Like no matter what you say, if you're like green pizza, people are going to be like, oh, <gasps> <laughs> Can you believe that? It was the it's most so negativity she's had in I, years. And I was absolutely. like, this, they're not paying you enough to you like have. Just, and you, what's so wild about that is she was just telling the truth. And it's the people who don't even know what truth. actually. Yeah, right. The, the truth, you know, like <laughs> not even her truth, the, the facts. And people will go nuts. Like this is actually what happened. So, yeah. you know, like. I'm you, glad you. Yeah, I wish you could have done more. I know, but actually, just getting going. It ended up being great for you to come on because the timing your book, and let's definitely talk about that, was so great. I felt like I, totally. your voice finally went a lot of places. And now with like TikTok and everything, it's just a new wave of fans and people seeing things from a different side because, yeah, there's always going to be like crazy Team Lauren people, but now there's also finally a different group it used to be like 100 percent this way and now at least it's like 20 40 or 60 <laughs> whatever 5 298 there's 25 people <laughs> on my snapchat right so whatever it, it is it's way better i was surprised that surprised to see the cast they were overwhelmingly welcoming which i wasn't necessarily expecting just because you know, after everything, like I had seen Brody and clubs and stuff for a few years, we were still really young, right? And he would just completely, you know, ignore me, which is not a big deal. Who cares, right? But then, so that's the next time I had seen him after be. So then he's like, Jen, and I'm like, huh. hey, you know, <laughs> you know me? I thought you totally forgot who yeah. I am. No, when no, you no. had that it's, VIP table hi, with the champagne. <laughs> it's fine. But that's why I was surprised is because everyone was so nice in that context, but everyone's grown up and changed. So I get it. But it was kind of like a good closure like okay yeah i don't hate you everyone's cool yeah we're all good or and it's like they're podcasting want to be extra cool on it and they're like welcome jen bunny we're really cool nice now why didn't we get you why? and they were 
Never. Why didn't you do any of our failed reboot? Because you were still working in that other position. Do you think now with promoting the book and where you're at, you would have maybe done some of the would failed Would I have gone Hills on the reboot? reboot to promote the book? Is promoting the book enough <laughs> That's benefit I mean. to go on TV again? Yeah, like having a book party. We could have filmed like the Gem Bunny book party. Prop- do maybe. you like TV? If it- I hate it. And I'll tell you why, because you can't put the cat back in the back. Once you're out there, you're out there. It has taken me, a minor character, side character, 10 to 15 (laughs) years to stop getting recognized at the damn airport. And let me tell you, I do not enjoy it. I do not good going to the airport. Okay, I don't, not my hair's unbrushed, like my ticket's falling out of my bag. I'm a hot mess. I'm sweating. I'm usually red. And someone's like, hey, aren't you? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, you can't put that cat back in the bag. No. No, I'm not. Wrong person. (laughs) So, and no, there was no kiss and leave me alone. <laughs> and people are like, oh, I wish I was famous. I had this, you guys have had the full experience, full international global experience. I have had a tiny little bit of it. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me. <laughs> like, I don't want to go on the internet and Google my name and see 17,000 articles about what fillers I've had. Like, absolutely not. Like, what, is, what does Taylor say? What does he think? Like, would he be good on TV? Does he like you being on TV? Does he you know enjoy Taylor. it? He's, you know, he's a little bit more reserved and he's very conservative and not conservative. Like, I'm not talking about politically, but just like as a person. He's not, he's not Snapchatting himself all day. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's what you right? Mean, like, though, he detests yeah. social media. <laughs> not not on that IG story. he would detest the people that yeah, use it, no. but just social media in and of itself. And yeah, I, I think he may like it in some aspects if it has to do with his work, but no, I don't think we're. And for the audience, what does he do? He's an orthopedic surgeon and he specializes in sports medicine at Newport Orthopedic Institute. If you break something, go to Dr. Dunphy. I wish we'd (laughs) had you guys for the reboot. It would have been so funny, like listening to Justin Bobby talking to Taylor about like what. Taylor does and what Justin does. Just, well, I can't. I also have a very low tolerance now. Like I can't handle that type of conversation. Like <laughs> just the vapidness of the entire. God, oh, they should have got you. Thing it like, was. oh come on, such a superstar. You could have saved the I show. Mean, I mean, you are such a superstar. You should have been featured more on Laguna. Like, so how did that happen? Let's go back to your roots of. Laguna Beach, the hills. So they came to your high school and they were like, hey, here's this group of people. And they whittled it down. Did you want to be on it? Did you not want to be on it? Were you excited to do like a little bit of it? What was that like being in high school and having MTV come? So they they picked the pretty people. Um, they You're picked, very pretty. They picked, not in high school, pre no Yes! Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I, but no, they okay. picked like the. They picked the girls with the nose jobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, I don't think anyone had it back then. But um, no, they they were gravitating towards the popular group and also the most attractive people. And then they found out who was dating each other within that group. And that was obviously the core group that you see on TV. And I was the friend of the core group. Of the, I've always been the friend, which is fine, you know. <laughs> um, and so they did these, you know, huge pamphlets, like 600-page interviews. And then they did interviews with the family and multiple stages of it and then they picked their core group so I was never the core like if you look at the what do they call it the show liners the headliners what do they call the people that are on the 
sounds legit. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> the main the ca- characters. <laughs> no, there's something that they call them when they do the um, opening credits. Anyway, I was never one of those people. Top billing. <laughs> yeah, right. Money makers. Yeah. Well, the ones that get paid. <laughs> the famous ones. And so I, the only reason I was on that show was because I was friends with the people that were on that show. Not because they would have, if I wasn't friends with those people, they would have never chosen me. I had the exact opposite of the profile they would have wanted. And you were friends and with, with everyone. Else. Like that's the misconception. Like you weren't just friends with Lauren. You no, were friends with everyone. I was friends with everyone. Right. But not that type of friend. Like I'm not getting involved in like messy drama. I'm not dating people and getting mad because that person's dating someone else. Like if someone stole my boyfriend, I would just like, cry in my bathroom and get over it the next but day. But they would crying in a bathroom is like hit TV. That's like, <laughs> that would have made you main character energy. But I'm not gonna like make this big deal about it. It's just my personality. I don't think was right for it. It seems exciting. Like I can't imagine being in high school and having MTV come in. I'd be like, oh my gosh, the coolest thing that's ever happened. Oh, we never thought it was going to air. <laughs> oh, really? They're like, this is just a, what do they call it? A pilot? A no, even before a pilot. A sizzle. Yeah, like a sizzle reel. They're, we're, they were, we had no idea it was going to end up on TV. I was at Tufts when it aired and I turned on this little tiny TV I had brought and I'm like, no way. Well, that's when I met Lauren when it wasn't, it was just starting to air at the, like I met her and then it just started to air that year of college. Yeah. That's so crazy. You know, what's also interesting is a lot of those producers were like young 20 year olds and some of them were very flirty with like high school. I'm like, where were the parents? Like, was that a lot? That that was. Well, you saw what happened in CSDK. Because we, you know, there's a big check. There's a big check if one of these producers, you know, engaged in any inappropriate behavior. I was in main star status, I think. Uh, And Laguna. Inappropriate behavior. I don't remember at all. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Because, you know, there's a lot of. I just. Yeah. It could be a good little story if you got a little secret. No. Not me. Okay. I've already been told. <laughs> like the talk. Um, yeah, that it's just so interesting. And then so you went to Tufts. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. That was, was such a like removal from where I was in Laguna Beach. Um, just a completely different world and got me out of it. And then just to be thrown right back into that, coming back to USC was yeah, whiplash. So you transferred. Re- I transferred. Yeah. yeah so, so I transferred my sophomore year from Tufts to USC, mainly because I was I was just homesick and it was a big transition living in the snow, you know, living in a beach your whole life, having different environment and then living in a dorm in the snow. And that was like the biggest snowstorm there had been in 15 years. And I remember we were like stuck in our dorm for 14 days or something. And then because I remember when I met Lauren and then Lauren and I became friends and she was always talking about Jen and then we called you in, you were in Boston and we're like, what is Jen doing? And like that, it was so, and we're like, what are you doing? You're in college? Like, cool. You know, because I was just at fashion school, but that's not like college. We're both at, you know, fashion school does not feel the same well, at least right where we were. you at the time. You gotta like, Don't undersell you gotta, yourself. You gotta draw stuff. And- yeah. <laughs> Naked people. <laughs> was very scarring sometimes. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Why do we have to draw him again? <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind of do remember that. You know, I really liked when he wore that little um, skirt. <laughs> what? Great. Can you put it back on? 
Where are these drawings? Oh my god! We need to we need to bring these out. I'm not very good. So <laughs> very interpretive. I would actually pay to see some of your. <laughs> You're crying. Your art. <laughs> it was too much. Because <laughs> I've seen your stick figures. <laughs> so for Gunner's school every week, on. Over the weekend, you write about the kids and like what's going on in their life. And it's a place to kind of praise them and highlight what's going on. Oh, so cute. So they say you can do a drawing. So every week I do a drawing and I'm one of the only parents, but I'm one of the worst artists you've ever seen. So there's stick figures oh, every too. week. I'm so bad. And, like mountains. Oh, <laughs> he loves sweet, them. Though. He does That's love them. That's very sweet. I color them. Um. Anyways, so then you guys just missed each other at USC. Like I think you took a leave of absence. Right around the time that Jen transferred. Because what year did you transfer? 2005? 2000, yeah, 2005. That's yeah. right. How did you know that? Great. Because 2005 Memory. is when I met you. Right. And then you, when did you take a look at that? It couldn't have been 2005 because I started USC at, in 2003. I think I made it two years before I left, I guess. Jen's so only two left years when younger I, than you. When I started. Uh, I left, yeah. A leave of absence. So I'm, I'm three, now, I'm I'm three years younger. Very long leave of absence. Yeah, well, I, I got my degree. Very so proud of you. Thanks to my study partner. That's awesome. That's right. Just get in that car. What did you and end up getting drive. you Political science. Awesome. And then I should have, because I went, I started going to the journalism school to do the master's, and I should have just done it. Oh, yeah. Because like I was in the yeah, mode. you were. That was a I good. I could have just knocked it out. Because, yep. you know, I am now a, a podcast journalist. <laughs> that I report on pop <laughs> culture, cool. celebrity yeah. news. I love that. Do you follow any celebrity anything? Or are you kind of like uh, unplugged from the that world? I'm I'm a big Bravo fan. Yeah, you watch Housewives, oh, right? Uh, yeah. Well, Do you think I'd be a good housewife? Absolutely. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Well, guess who else thinks that you would not be, actually? Um, Andy Cohen. Andy yeah. Cohen has responded to our last podcast. Oh, he has. Okay. This is breaking news. This was about five minutes ago. I just got the alert on my Apple Watch. What did he say? He said that he does not hate you. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Love you too, Andy. He does not hate you. And it's the same kind of difference as why Snooki couldn't be on the Jersey Housewives, that you're too known for being on a different network and a different show. And, you know, he actually said, you're so beautiful that you would oh. upstage the other the It's other a real wives. concern. And, you know, and your aura, he says, just mm. too powerful for their So cameras. those last two lines, I'm going to think you ad-libbed, and I appreciate that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that is so interesting. And you did say that, that I'm too polarizing to go into it. Yeah, just throw. Because I'm it, from a different it's show. It's like do it, breaking you know. the fourth wall with without even doing anything. But Lisa Renna was on. Young oh, and the Restless. Yes. Yeah, and so was Heather right. Bro. She was on. But that was also right. 20 so years ago. Okay, so um, 20 years. 20 years from now, you could maybe. I'm going to start that. So clock. he also said he doesn't have a problem with us. So I, you know, Andy, when next time you're in LA, we, you know, you have kids or kid. So we could have a play date while you come on our podcast. And, you know, we have a mutual friend, Alex Baskin, you know. Thanks, Andy. Out. Thanks for the easy letdown. So I just weird well. that it's I changed because I mean I'm gonna check yeah, there my was Google. The gouging there eye was out. the gouging eyes. Much so. nicer. Originally, he said he'd rather gouge his eyes out than have maybe a housewife, and then so. he apologized. So, <laughs> so he invited me on his show. In oh my February, gosh, that's and right. I was on his, you know, talk show, and it was a really interesting experience. And he was very nice. Oh, 
to me. He was very welcoming. Um, he seemed to know who I was, you know, not just some random person. He like recognized me from past. So I think he really is kind of clued in to the Laguna Beach Hills more than he lets on. Yeah. Um, because if he knew me, then he absolutely, you know, knows your whole story, which um, I think he mentioned before in that comment you were yeah, talking then, about Laguna yeah. Beach instead of the he hills. He said he wasn't like, too clued in, I guess, about, you know, yeah. and follow the, I forget the quote. but I don't think he would say he wanted to gouge his eyes out if he wasn't clued in. I don't, in. I don't even know if Pop culture. Yeah. Can, can we, you not read the comment Us Weekly Google back Google gouging eyes out and get that exact quote real quick? I think he please, read Us Weekly in 2008. Please Spotify, Ringer, Team. All, you know, there's like 10 people back there, you know. Um, But that's so great that you had such a good experience yeah. on that because I wasn't sure how that was gonna go like I, I tried to prepare said, you whoa she's doing that I thought you were getting like walking the plank yeah it was wonderful everyone was super nice I was on with Lala I was the bartender and Lala was on talking about the Vanderpump rules scandal it was at the height of that so it was like a perfect time to go on lots of eyes talked about my book I think she would make a great housewife I just have to say Lala you. Oh, oh, I was like, oh, the same. Thank yeah, you. I think you would Jinx. make an yeah. awesome house. Coke, one, two, three, four, Stop. Pepsi. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you, Jen. What would you be though, Beverly I think Hills? You would be great. I, that's no, part we need of it, to move right? to a different state. I think Utah. I think part was that Salt Lake City. I would love to live. I think we in need to Utah. go. Utah would Salt be. Lake Utah City. would be your. Show I yeah, would be you could do your snow jam. outfits. You oh my god! Ski everywhere. Yeah, I can totally. see you wearing. They're like, not seeing you know. And then it's yeah. you, the Hollywood yeah. person that Check moved it. to Salt Lake City. Right, it's so not. It's not like. You know, and I just jumping in yeah, the cast. And it's like, like oh, I've she been moved here. her whole yeah. life to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I would be great with that, and I don't have be. any like. You already have a show like coming out, so I don't know why we even keep talking. Okay, about Okay, well, the for our show, we should also go to the snow. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, you have a show coming out. Come with us no one year. told me. Well, I mean, we are always have a show that's coming I know. out. You but what know? is this yeah. new It's just a matter of if it airs on something. Who knows? I think you filmed for many pilots. Thanks, Jen. I'm always like, hey, want to be on the pilot? Yeah. We're filming this for this show, uh-huh. but we're this great. is the one. This What's is the it. new one? It's, it's well, you know, um, yeah, we can't we'll talk see. about it right now. Okay, it's, okay, it's we'll big, big it. time. Got it, got it, got it. And cool. then also, Heidi's potentially being cast for another very big television show, can't yeah, a network show. Hopefully, that would be great. I was supposed so to be on the podcast. original season of it, and they scrapped the whole thing and went a different route with like all the cast which completely makes sense and i would have done the exact same thing if i were the network um but now it's so so we'll a lot see. lot of what do they call the irons, irons in, in the, the fire, fire over okay, here so let me like ask you a question Rarely one comes out so we'll see yeah. <laughs> kind of sizzle up in there usually like oh we'll that one's gone just making gone. s'mores yeah, right. <laughs> been going on for a few years but yeah. being on tv messes with you psychologically there's no question and you have to be a certain type of person to continue to take the onslaught of (laughs) criticism and and you know abuse in some level but you're saying hey it's okay I'm willing to do this in exchange for all of this I'm going to get from the public but when you take that break you guys haven't had a break we did we did not a long enough one seven years I mean after the hills I feel like when we moved to Santa Barbara we did Two we season celebrity. Shows. Brother, yeah, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Camp, I don't think you've ever had a break. We didn't Famous feel the food. repercussions as much after. It's one of those things. Social I media feel like, happened. We didn't. We weren't right. plugged into like comment sections then. And now, no matter what, being present on social media, it's more than being on a TV show. 
I feel like a TV show is like you do the work, you leave it there. Some people come up to you. It's done. Social media is so constant and being on it with Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter and engagements like that is way more intense and overwhelming. Yeah, people hate on like influencers or micro influencers. I feel like it is harder than being a television Mm -hmm. uh, scripted. I've never been a scripted star, but I can't comprehend something harder than trying to be an influencer where your life is controlled by algorithms and you know like i'm just trying to be controlled by ai basically yeah it's like and i'm on a little scale trying to do it but people who are in it it's like the stakes are so real we should get some big influencers on this podcast um another thing that's tricky like with you you have two routes you could go you know what i mean like you could go in that world and be an influencer and like try to you could be on a tv show you'd be such a good housewife and you're a doctor and you can kind of <laughs> tuck away in that life that you yeah. love and with your husband and your kids and kind of bow out of that i feel like for us we're so deep and immersed in it no, it's I like know. You might as well get all the success and you're like, done, we're done. You, it's done. yeah that no, you're right sales. heidi had a great idea that i should work on a script <laughs> with my best friend james franco write a script about a reality star that goes crazy and just, i didn't you know, say goes crazy <laughs> that was that, not the main purpose i said you should do a script based on your life <laughs> You, about a reality you said stuff. crazy i said it gets a little crazy oh, it go. gets a little so, crazy not your crazy yeah, let so me ask James, you what you like more back from Italy, we'll when you go that. to crested butte mm-hmm. and that way that it makes you feel and i know how it makes yeah. you feel yeah versus you know coming out in a people article let's just say or having andy cohen refer to you directly like what gives you more happiness what gives you more buzz is it equal is there hmm. So it's different and they mo- they make each other better. You know, like I love having both worlds. I love going to the mountains and being with my family and re-grounding and regrouping and remembering like my life and what it was and my family and having that time. And then I love coming back to this life that I've built with my husband and the success and his school and the beautiful place that we live and being able to like be successful and make money and thrive. Like that feels really good and accomplished too. So like, I love making money. I love going, I like, I want both. And thankfully I don't have to choose. Right. You don't. But I I love both like very differently. That's a good answer. They both give me dopamine. Yes. (laughs) Whatever it is, you know. No, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. So ideally I would go to Colorado like I do it kind of right now like four times a year is perfect yeah i like being there four for like times a year. once a quarter I thought it was two times a year I, I don't know why you never listen to this it's always four so it, i go this fall winter spring and summer that's like what i like to go to three if i can miss spring you know it's okay but i like all the seasons and then being there for like a week or two is great yeah and i get that immersed time so i love that and I'm going this week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going on Thursday. So awesome. I'm going to travel by myself with oh, both boys. That's awful. I was just there a week ago for two weeks. So. You were not there a week ago. We went in July. It was August. Felt actually. like a week ago. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You were just there. Was, I saw pictures. It was, it was July. The first week of August, we came back. I'm pretty sure. No. Yeah, I felt like it. Okay. How it felt and how it was a little different. Yeah, so I'm going to go with both boys. Have you ever traveled with both? Absolutely not. (laughs) No, and I won't until they're like 16 or 18, and then I can (laughs) say they're not mine. Oh my gosh! No, absolutely not. I will not refuse to. I'll travel with one. I haven't even traveled with one. 
Okay. So one, I can but easily do. I've had bad one is like, your kids are, you know, mellow. <laughs> My kids are not mellow. What yeah. happened to you? <laughs> what was the bad experience? Uh, the baby wouldn't stop crying the entire flight. And I'm talking ear, per- ear piercing screams to the point where people were like getting visibly aggressive. And some lady, some stranger was like, can I hold your baby for you? And I was like, sure, I'll try anything. And so she rocked him and he fell asleep in her arms. And the whole plane, and I am talking from front to back, started clapping. (laughs) It lasted about 10 minutes. And he started screaming again. And when we got off the plane, several people came up to me, several people, like three or four, and were like, I can't believe how awful and rude all of those people were being about your baby. They said that people with children like that should never travel. But I didn't think that. How It's interesting. Rude. On our last flight, that lady kept asking, do you want me to hold the baby? And I was like, settle down, stranger. That's like, weird. Yeah. I was like, you hold your freaking coffee, whatever. <laughs> It's is that a thing where people? Well, I think that would be helpful. Like if I were alone on a you flight, would ask or with a stranger you, if they need you to hold. If yeah, you want to if, hold their if baby. the whole plane help, is about to have know. mutiny on you, I, I would have done anything. I would never ask. I was a very nice. I, I would maternal. You would ask a stranger, "Do you need me to hold your baby for you?" I don't know, but uh, this, was, a, this was like, we were obviously that. like stressed. I think we were both like sweating. Yeah, sometimes like, you just need help or a break. And I'm like a very nice mother. So if I thought I like, oh, too. I could help at this moment, maybe that would be a nice thing to offer. I don't know. It's not like she took the baby and like No, I know, but away. I just think it's strange if strangers are asking you to hold your baby. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> I would do. If the baby's calm, I don't know what She didn't hear her ask me and I was like said no like no. three times. Like, no, no lady. She's no. Like, I'm a great baby. But we flew to Aspen and Riker was crying on and off the whole time and Aww. people in front of us were like trying to be nice but like very irritated and I just said to Spencer, I'm like, I don't care. No, I, think they, I literally. I think I they got care. upset when Same. I opened my water bottle and it shot <laughs> that a, happens to me a waterfall time. onto their heads. <laughs> and then they looked at me like they were going to murk me out. And I was like, <laughs> and, I, and I said, oh, don't worry. It's, it was filtered water. And she goes, I don't care if it's filtered. I was like, no, it's not. Like, I got this. I filtered it. It's, it's not clean from the wa- toilet. Yeah, She's like, I don't want water on my like, nice, blah, <laughs> gorgeous clothes. First class, going to Aspen. She's like, dressed to the tea. I said, it's filtered. Oh, this is oh totally God. Good reminder of the water. the water. Yeah, so I don't fly yeah. with my kids alone after that experience. It's oh my gosh. just not going to be happening. How far was it? Far. Okay. Uh, across the country. Okay. That's yeah, yeah, it was our annual main trip. So wait, we keep talking about the book. What is your book about? Right. There we go. Don't Tell Me What to Do is really a book about sort of my personal evolution from, I think I, I mentioned the show in it in a chapter, but it's really about sort of what brought me to make the decisions in my life that I've made and how I made the decisions. How did I decide I wanted to marry Taylor? How did I decide I wanted to become a doctor of public health? How did I decide I wanted to pick this career route for the rest of my life? And what are the sort of internal questions I had to ask to settle upon who I wanted to be? Because the whole point of the book is life happens to you and it happens to you really fast. And if we're not intentional about the decisions we make and who we want to be and how we want to show up in the world, someone else will choose for you. And so it talks about how to not let other people, how to not let society, how to not let all of the external influences in your life decide who you're going to be and dictate who you're going to be. And I think Heidi has actually done a really good job at that. She's like 
no, uh, I'm not this person you're painting me out to be on national television. Like, I love God. I love my family. I'm a good person. And you've shown that. But you had to intentionally choose that again and again because it's so easy to get wrapped up in who people think you are and who you should be. So the book is really about standing up to that. I love that. Do you I have an audio book? You have an audio book? I, I can do audio books. I didn't do an audio book yet. That's coming soon. Audiobook. But I'm considering it. Yeah, you should yeah. for sure. Especially with people like people like us with big words. Moms on the go. I mean, not you, but me. I'm mm-hmm. talking about myself. You know, no. there's lo- no, USC graduate over there. I, it was a long uh-huh, time ago. It was sure. a long time ago. I but know, I like to listen because then I know how the words are pronounced properly. I do think that's such a good idea. And like, what an empowering awesome book because that is so true and life does happen so fast and you like get caught up in emotions and you get caught up in the moment and things are happening fast and especially when you're a young adult you don't realize that even a a small choice can make a huge ripple wave and change your entire life so it really is like these little choices that completely change your life Mm -hmm. and that's such an awesome thing to put out there and to so how did you choose to marry Taylor how did you know his value system, his character, and who he is at his core lined up with me. And our personalities, like on the surface, are completely different. Like he's conservative. I'm outgoing and loud. You know, he's from Texas. I'm from California. Like we're opposites in so many different ways. But our family values and like how we want to raise our kids and like what we don't want to regret when we die are the same. What's your bucket list? I got it. Oh my gosh. That's a heavy <laughs> question. I have such, writing a book was on it, so I just did it. Yes. Um, many other things. But I think that the at the core of the book, it's defining who you are and having the tools to be able to define that for yourself. Um, and so it's a really it's a book that I, I think a lot makes you have a lot of introspection. So there's these exercises and they're pretty heavy exercises and they're pretty hard exercises and they're exercises to ask like, hey, if you died tomorrow, what would be your biggest regret of not having done something? And you have to really like imagine yourself not being there and then thinking about, I really actually wish I had the courage to X, Y, Z. That's very empowering. And yeah. 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 So, so what um, happens when you die? Who's died? It's hard to do, and you don't have to do it every day, right? Like you don't have to bring yeah, yourself into that. Like time. you should do a yeah. TikTok where you do these exercises. Go do the exercises. That'd be great. You them. should read these chapters on. You should. You're not even asking advice. I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. No, no, no. Don't tell me what yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kidding. You idea. should do. I don't even I have a TikTok, you. so you can do it for me okay. if you want. <laughs> I think a great idea would be to like read these chapters on um, like YouTube and TikTok and make them small sound bites because for me sometimes when I'm just so busy yeah. and I want like a quick inspiration totally. on YouTube, I'll put in like a Joyce Meyer thing really quick. But if you had like a mom and you tag like mom advice and this and that, and someone can just listen to you for inspiration or like a quick tip or, you know, things to just get your, cause a few positive words and an intentional, whatever it would be mantra at the moment yeah. can just really recorrect you in life and, and really ground you. And I think that would be so helpful. I absolutely agree. And a great marketing tool. So Heidi, <laughs> it looks like you got a lot of exercises to do. Maybe you can do them on the flight. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll just be thinking the whole time because <laughs> I'm not bringing a book and I'm just going to plan on having a not sleeping baby. And so what was the hardest thing you had to overcome? Was it the Hills? I know that was so 
challenging. Oh, it was child's play. The Hills was nothing. The Hills was just the superficial little thing that happened. And yeah, I learned a lot about myself and I got a thicker skin. But the Hills was such a 1% out of the, the pie of the stuff that has made me who I am and inspired me to write the book and what I've had to deal with in my life. But was that a hard chapter to overcome? Because I feel like it, I feel like people still come out of the woods work. Because when you were on the Hills podcast last time, you were saying how challenging. I mean, it sucked to have people say they wanted to run you over with a bus. (laughs) That wasn't like. It's only 1%. What else has happened, Jen? Is everything okay? Yeah, no. I mean, there's been really hard stuff, much, much harder stuff than that. Um, No, it wasn't like pleasant when you're having to grow up that fast and you're having to like sort of feeling like you're constantly having to defend yourself against something that didn't happen and you feel like you don't have a voice like it's not it's not a good experience it's stressful it was really really stressful experience um to be on the outs with everyone and to not feel like you're doing the right thing but you don't know how to fix it and it's a confusing place to be but overall no I wouldn't say it was traumatic in the way that you experienced, your experience was very different. And it was a lot more intense and there was a lot more vitriol and a lot more threats to your like physical safety as well as your emotional safety, really? both I, of you. And that's you never that? okay. I never got any. <laughs> like that's not okay. Right. Like in any circumstance, you know? Yeah. So it's hard to compare our experiences because I had just a fraction of like what you've had to overcome. So you're good. Every. <laughs> Everything's good. Checking in. Oh, Everything's good. good. What's the hardest thing in your book to overcome? Like, has it been, was the pandemic really hard? Like, what was some other oh. challenges yeah, in your if book? The Hills is you, 1%. Yeah, what's, like, what, what's like 20%? Right. What's, I mean, if you want me to be honest, is the fear of death. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a big thing for you? Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to die. Oh, you. Right. Is this because of a health thing or because, yeah. and this is in the book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So after I had Holden, and you right. experienced a tough labor too, but um, yeah, mine was really traumatic. And so understanding that life can end that quickly mm-hmm. and how fast it all happens and how you have s- no control and you leave everything, you know, four day old baby and it's just gone. Like that, having that experience and that's been the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. Mm. And the book really talks about like how that's changed me and how I've changed course because of that experience and how you have to really own your power and advocate for yourself, not only against people in social media who say you're one thing or another, but advocate for yourself in the medical system, in the health system, in so many different ways as a human being. And so I would say that was for sure the hardest thing I've had to overcome. You know, it's so interesting when you get in that medical realm and you think you have to do what the doctors are telling you. Or like you think you have to do this. It's like, no, actually, I'm not doing that. And I'm not doing this. And this is my choice. And I'm putting myself here because it does feel very yeah. like overpowering and that they know best. And it's like sometimes not. Sometimes they do. And sometimes they don't. Right. And you don't have enough knowledge to know if they do or they don't. So right. thank goodness I have a husband who's a doctor who's advocated for me. And he's like, no, I want you to get the test to see if you had a heart attack. Like we're taking these enzymes right now. You need to take their blood. And they're like, no, she's fine. She's just having a panic attack. Let's call social services. My husband was like, no, you are going to take her blood right now. And my enzymes were extremely elevated, not to the point where I had had a heart attack, but like clearly there was something going on. They found stuff later and they found that I had a reaction to the medicine they gave me. But anyway, the point being is, yeah, you always have to advocate for yourself, but the 
the flip side of that is you always kind of have to be vigilant, right? And yeah. it's really hard to sort of relax. And so to find that right. balance, to be your own advocate, to be empowered, but to like chill out at the same time and enjoy right. your life is a really hard place to be. I feel like as you become a mom, it even becomes harder because yes. now you're doing it for yourself. And then you're doing it for two kids that are your everything and every little move. And you want their their comments to each other to be good. And you want what you're saying them to them be good because you don't realize as like a little person in here, your mom and dad say certain things to you, the impact it can have and the words that they're hearing and how they calculate it. It's like, so when you're really thinking about like everything you're saying to them, everything you're doing, trying to be proactive here and trying to be a good wife and mom and working. I mean, it's a lot to balance because sometimes I find myself, I'm like, my stress levels are high. And I'm like, no crap. Like, of course they are. I'm freaking doing and dealing with and I'm not like sitting on the couch reading. And at the same time, I need to take five minutes. That's what I've been trying to do. Like even go outside for a minute. I'm like, okay, my stress levels are high. I'm going to go breathe for 30 seconds, take a deep breath. And then I'm going to come back in. Like the other day, I put Riker down. I just came from Gunner and Riker was down. I was like, okay, I need 30 seconds before I go back upstairs to Gunner. That's so good. Yeah. Having two boys is not a joke. Like we both have that in common. Yeah. Wait till Riker starts fighting with Gunner. Mm. So I just said well, this to Gunner no, the other day. Let's just not Lord. even go down that. Let's I just, just wrap it up now. So I would like to just focus <laughs> on right. the present. We have a here. few minutes. Um, but I just said this to Gunner because I want that's gonna come soon. And I was like, you know, it's so fun right now that you're the only one really talking, you know, in a different way. I was like, because soon Riker's gonna start talking and saying things, and he's only gonna be this little baby right now. And Gunner like melted the way I worded it was definitely Aww. way better. And he was like, oh, I love having this baby. And all day, all he kept saying is, look at this baby. That's and so I'm so happy he's a baby right now. And it like made him appreciate because it's kind of like, yeah. buckle up, gutter. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> Shapley's in the screaming phase now. Like top, like makes you not hear for three hours every time he screams. Um, so Riker did yeah, that it's this just morning. Crazy. He heard a kid scream. The first scream I've ever heard oh, him gosh. actually do. And he emulated him at school and screamed at the top. I was like, oh, okay. It's going to be fun on your flight. Oh, my god! So where yeah. people can buy the book on Amazon. And you have another book. One, what? we'll do a quick shout out. The Toxin book. Yes. So you can buy Don't Tell Me What to Do on Amazon.com. And there's also a book called The Toxin's Handbook, which is a really simple, clear guide as to what causes disease very highly evidence-based. I'm not talking about like, you know, some random saging of something. And, you know, this is like hardcore peer-reviewed evidence that the FDA has not caught up with yet and it's not regulating it. And other countries are, tons of other countries, um, international cancer societies have labeled things definitively as carcinogens, yet they're still available on the shelves in the United States. And I find that atrocious especially when it relates to giving it to your kids like and what? giving it what to example? Worms. What's an example? Okay, so there's plastics in baby, all baby things, right? Like plastics. When you heat up plastic, that plastic can leach into food. It can leach into milk. It can leach into, um, like, on your skin. There's many products we use on our babies that are full of chemicals that cause endocrine disruption, which is extremely serious for young children that are developing during puberty. There 
our problems with our water supply, the things that we're giving our children a water supply. There's problems with the air that we breathe. There's so many carcinogens in air. If we don't look what's in furniture, there's things that come off that you can breathe that affect you long term <laughs> and affect children. And there's such simple fixes. Literally vacuuming twice a week reduces the chemicals in your home by 70%. How easy is that? Using glass instead of plastic, making sure that your fats, so your milk, your butter, that's where all of the chemicals hide in fats. Buying them from organic farms and just I mean, these are super, super simple things, buying good eggs, butter, and milk. I mean, and you're reducing your pesticide load by almost 80%. So well, there toxins. you go, everybody. Yeah, check out the toxins. Where does they buy that web book? Amazon as well. Uh, so their ebooks. Jen, thank you so much for coming on. I wish we had more time. We have to you know, run. Me too. To, yeah, have to run. of course. But um, yes, thank you, everybody, for listening to Spidey's 16th Minute. And if you have a quick uh, thing, what should we do to keep being famous? What's your suggestion for us? You guys? I just wanted that nope. reaction. All right, thank you. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I was done. like, what? I, uh, all right, thank you guys so much. <laughs> it obviously is working pretty well for you guys. I love you. Love you too. Thank that was you. fun. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.